This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. At Likeable Media, we create, curate, and promote content that gets your brand results. So contact us today by visiting likeable.com. All the social ladies, 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 all the social ladies. Now put your phones up. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Hello and welcome back to season two of All the Social Ladies. I am Carrie Kerpin, your host, and I am so so excited to bring you the second season of my absolute favorite thing to do, which is host the All the Social Ladies podcast. Some of you may ask, what is a social lady? And I am happy to tell you, it's not just a riff on the Beyonce song. A social lady is somebody, a female, who works in or is immersed in a digital world and somebody who has a ton to share. So if you're looking to start a career in digital media, you're looking at social media or you just love it, this is the perfect podcast for you, especially if you want to be inspired by smart, talented women. And so today, I want to introduce you to one of the smartest, most talented women in digital media, and that is Kate Dickman, who is the Senior Social Media Program Manager at Office Depot. This is an amazing fun fact about Kate. At 15, she taught herself basic HTML and coded her own personal website, eventually starting her own digital marketing business from her dorm room. By 2013, all of Kate's hard work led to her being recognized as one of top ranks 25 women that rocked social media. She's had a killer, killer career, and she's incredible. An amazing, amazing background from Kate, filled with passion and enthusiasm. So I want to officially welcome her. Welcome to the show, Kate. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. It's so exciting to have you. And, you know, I start our podcast every time. I ask everyone, I want to know the story of your career because generally people don't start out knowing that they wanted to be in social media. It's still too new. So give me the whole story of where you were. Start start even after you're 15. It's pretty amazing that, that fun fact. <laughs> Tell me the story. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I remember those days where, you know, you had those floppy disks, you know, AOL 2.5 2. and, you know, I was obsessed with all things internet um, you know, I don't even believe that we even had an internet connection at home. I used to borrow it at, you know, friends' houses and sign online. And I was just so fascinated and I was so excited to be connected to this, you know, online world. So what happened was once we finally got inter- internet at our house, which we were a little delayed, um, we basically <laughs> were able to sign online and, you know, I started to understand, you know, what these websites were. Now you remember GeoCities and all of that, of course. you know. Yeah, all that fun stuff. So I was very interested in creating my own. So um, I, I can't recall exactly which you know site builder I used, but I remember seeing this code on the back end and trying to mimic that and trying to teach myself you know how to do it. So I remember I launched my first website. It was called katyd.com, k-a-t-y-d.com, and you know I don't think I had many visitors, if any at all. But I think <laughs> that was kind of the start of a love for for digital. And it's then really from incredible. there, yeah, I really, really loved it. And then from there, uh, in college, 
I was on all of these different social networks, which at the time, you know, they weren't called social networks. Um, they were kind of these new startups that were trying to really connect people um, in a social setting. And, you know, I started to kind of play around with them and got introduced to someone who worked for one of the websites. And she essentially offered me uh, a job working with her. And I was in my dorm room and I was able to make, you know, money just helping her doing SEO um, and also doing, quote, online promotion for small businesses. So really it was great to be able to go to school and support myself, you know, by doing internet marketing. And there were no classes for that, right? At the time, this was stuff you just self-taught? Absolutely, yeah. There was absolutely no classes. So, yeah, I was able to kind of teach myself, but also under the guidance of of someone who was starting to get the space, too. So I was really, really, really lucky to be able to kind of hone my skills in a place that I, you know, in an area that I loved. And then from there, um, after college, I went into television and film for a while, and I kind of left my internet marketing to the side. And what was funny is I ended up coming right back to it. Um, I went after school. Um, after I graduated, I went over to uh, South Africa and Ghana and did some volunteering. And once I did that, I came back and was kind of immersed back into digital, coming back to Boston. So I was in an entry-level role at a smaller uh, company and kind of started to gravitate towards social. And from there, I went and did social on my own as a freelancer. And that's when I landed probably one of the best gigs that I've ever had. And that was with uh, Panasonic. And I was able to work with Joe Jaffe. Yeah, it was amazing. And, um, you know, really, I think that was the start and the foray into the big brand experience. And I'm really grateful, forever grateful for that opportunity. At, for big brand experience, I think, is really important if you're interested in working at a brand anywhere. To get that experience working in a large brand really teaches you a ton, huh? It, it really does. And, I mean, any company that sees the big brand experience, it's kind of like that's your that's your foot inside the door. You know, they start to kind of take you seriously. Um, it's not to say that, you know, smaller brands, you know, aren't, you know, to be recognized either. But I, I think I really got lucky in the sense that I had that Panasonic, uh, you know, experience on on the resume. That's a great. That's a great piece of advice. Actually, it it really shows from your experience about going to a larger brand and the benefit that that can have. Absolutely. Great, and so you learned a lot there. Yeah, so I learned a lot there. Um, really, I was a community manager for um, their first uh, HD community. It was really when high definition wasn't really a thing yet. Um, so it was super interesting to really work with great individuals um, at, you know, at the agency because I did get the role through the agency. I did not work directly for them, but um, I did, I was able to work with top executives as well um, from Panasonic. So I was able to learn from them as well as talented uh, marketers at the agency. So from there, uh, I then went in-house to Lynch Chocolate and that was really great. And that was a great experience Mm. because he had chocolate. I didn't, actually. I lost weight working there, ironically. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, and I think the, the great thing about that experience was that they didn't have any sort of social presence when I first started. So despite being a pretty large brand, you know, I really had to be scrappy. And I did everything under the sun, community management, blogging, um, crisis management, um, you know, content creation, calendar management. I did everything. So I think 
that experience really kind of set the stage of knowing all the different moving parts and the pieces to really enable myself to service other major brands after that. Um, and that really kind of set the stage for my um, career at CVS. And then from CVS, now I'm at Office Depot. So um, really, I've just been so grateful to have such varying experience at such different brands. It's really incredible. And so if you were looking at all of these jobs, you were very fortunate, I think, to get into the space when social was emerging, right? So you hit this kind of timeline where you it, it just was a natural part of your job, which is so great. What's your favorite thing that you've done at any company? Like if you have to look back and say, okay, this is a career-defining moment of what I've done in social, what would be your favorite? Yeah. Yeah, so I'd have to say working at CVS mm-hmm. and sharing the big news and the spirit behind the company, including the sale of tobacco, that was such an exciting and personally fulfilling campaign to work on. Um, you know, really being able to utilize social to amplify our stance and connect with people who had stories of, you know, not only hardship but triumph, you know, due to tobacco being part of their lives and them kicking it in some way was really, really powerful because, you know, we were able to say, okay, you know, we're quitting. We want to hear, you know, your reason to quit or your reason to, you know, just support those who want to quit. And there was such a big movement around that. There was such a, a, an amazing conversation about that. And I have to say it was such, it was such a, a wonderful experience. And, you know, I know that not everyone or every company gets to have that kind of defining moment where, you know, social and just overall communication with people really um, is that, I guess, impactful. So I felt really lucky to be a part of that company when that happened. Um, and I was able to really kind of lead that charge. And, and that's something I'm really proud of, just from a personal and professional level. It was pretty incredible to watch. I remember I reached out to you right at that time because it was incredible for CVS to take that stand. And so was it the actual stand that they took? Did you need to do anything in social? What did you do? Or did the community just carry the message? Was it that the message was so strong that the community carried it? Or were there things that you did to help amplify it? Yeah. um, Well, I think the message is so strong that people, you know, will naturally amplify it. But I think there's there's always some prep work. Um, You know, before we had put it, you know, out on the, you know, I guess social sphere, we had to do a lot of thinking around the sensitivity around, you know, pulling some of this. You you think that everyone might be um, supportive, but a lot of people, some people weren't. Most people were. And I think, you know, if they were, it was a really wonderful experience. But there was also those people that, you know, felt like, you know, you were taking something away from them, right? Um, Right. So there was definitely some prep work in the sense that we had to be um, aware of what would be coming from a, a feedback standpoint. So there was some preparation there. And then also, in order to really carry your message, you need to understand, okay, you know, here are some of the scenarios that are going to potentially happen. How do we make those messages go even further? So if someone has this really beautiful story or really touching story, how do we take their messages and really drive them further? Um, so I think it's really within the brand's responsibility as well as, you know, obviously the, cu- the customer's responsibility to work together to really um, drive these powerful messages. Um, you know, you can certainly let, you know, the customer's, take those messages as far as you want them. But it's always great when the, the brand is rooting them on as well. That's terrific. So it sounds like it was a mix of uh, kind of brand-generated content and then all of the reactions from the users and the ability to communicate with them. 
Absolutely. That's awesome. And what an incredible thing to be a part of. And it's just so meaningful, especially if that's something that is important to you. I know different people have different opinions on it, but I remember for me, I found it so moving um, that CVS was able to take that stance. It's incredible. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. And so that's a huge success. What do you think are some of the biggest challenges either that you've faced in working in social or that brands face today? Yeah. Um, I think there are a lot of challenges. Um, I think one of the biggest challenges is, you know, truly finding that right balance as a brand to, to really engage with customers, you know, on topics that are relevant. But sometimes certain topics that are relevant aren't necessarily topics that should be touched by brands. You Do know, you I feel think- that there's pressure either self-imposed or from the company to participate in these conversations? Because sometimes there's there's some you want to participate in everything when brands jump on, but a lot of times it's just not appropriate. Like you said, it's like, what, why would a brand need to comment on something that's happening? That's like princess Kate's baby or any of these things, if it's not related. So do you, do you feel like it's a good thing to do? I I have mixed feelings. You know, Mm -hmm. I I think at the end of the day, you know, some would argue, does it even feed into your business goals? Does it have anything to do with your business? Right. You know, um, on the other hand, I feel like it can be really fun and people can, you know, really respond well to it. And from a branding perspective, it can be beneficial. Um, I, I always think they're really fun. If I see a good one, I, I don't know if it's me as the marketer or me as the customer. I appreciate it and, you know, I get a good laugh. And I think that's what they're trying to, you know, accomplish every brand. And, you know, if they are able to get recognized for it too, that's free media. That's, you know... you almost don't even need social advertising because, you know, the post is so relevant and so, you know, fun and engaging that, you know, it kind of spreads on its own. So I think everyone's trying to, you know, get their little jackpot because, of course, that drives the business forward in some way, shape, or form. But on the flip side, you put yourself at risk. And I think that's what makes social media so scary and exciting. You mentioned that when you're looking at content, you can't sometimes tell if you're looking at it as a marketer or as a consumer. And I find that all the time. I'd love to talk to you about balancing social media personally and professionally. Working in the space, do you feel like you can turn off? It's funny. I feel like I can. I feel like it's harder for me, maybe, than the average person because I'm so connected all the time. And, you know, I think it's always that fear of missing out. But, you know, I I think lately, especially, I've been more cognizant of trying to live in the moment, right? And not needing to capture and share each site I see. Like, I'm actually thinking, okay, so I'm on vacation, you know, I'm about to like go on this fun boat. And, you know, do I go on and take pictures? Or do I just leave my phone behind? And this actually happened this past weekend, and I left my phone behind. I'm like, why do I need to take a picture of everything? I've taken a few pictures, you know, I've shared them, but I want to actually really, truly enjoy this moment with my family. So I, I do think I struggle with it. Um, but I think as we kind of move forward, we see more and more articles and reminders to really shut ourselves off. And, you know, if we have kids, we don't want them to grow up in a world where mommy's always on their phone. Um, totally. So I think... I think for me, I'm, I'm definitely, it's, it's harder for me, I think, than maybe the average person and maybe for other marketers, but I think I'm doing it more and more. Sometimes I'll even shut off for a week. Obviously, it's hard working in social to shut off for a week, but I've done it before. And it's I'm impressed. Yes. A week is not a long time for a lot of other people, but for us, you know, it is. 
when you work in the space. Absolutely. And can you, when you're looking at, when you're working on a brand, do you find yourself constantly checking what people are saying about the brand on Twitter, even when you're, let's say you're not doing community management at yeah. all, but do you always want to check out and see what they're saying? I used to back when I was, you know, working for a few brands where I was kind of that, the boss of all things community management and all things, you know, anything for social. I, I truly kept an eye on it. I was very concerned if anything would blow up over the weekend. Fortunately, we have, you know, trusted agencies that we work with that do that for us. So I feel like if you are always paying attention to the noise, you're just going to get discouraged. So certainly keep an eye on, you know, the discussion being had, but don't obsess over it. So I do not do that anymore. (laughs) I think it's an important skill to learn. I do think it's a learned skill, actually. Learning to disconnect and shut off. And I think we're probably more cognizant of that than others uh, working in this space. What other career advice would you have for those who are looking to get into the digital space? Yeah. um, So... You know, there's a lot of people that ask me, you know, okay, what do I do? How do I get into social? How do I get into digital? And, you know, the first thing that I tell them to do is read, 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 and follow, follow, follow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really what I mean by that is that, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, I'm really good at social. I'm on, you know, 15 channels and, and, you know, I really love it. But it doesn't necessarily always mean that you'll know how to use it from a business perspective. So what I encourage them to do is to read all the major social media blogs out there, there's just such a plethora of amazing information being published on a day-to-day basis that the, the classroom for social media is truly online. And best of all, is it's free. So I tell them to just follow these blogs, study them, really learn, you know, how social is used from a business perspective. And then, of course, use them yourself as well to understand from a, from a customer perspective. And then on top of that, Follow people who are leaders in the space, who live and breathe this stuff every day, because you will learn from them and possibly, you know, eventually be able to connect with them on a personal level to then potentially maybe even, you know, get your next job. I mean, that's really what happened with me, you know, with the Panasonic gig. Um, I used social media. I read up on everything that I could possibly read up on. Um, and really, I, I stayed connected with key influencers. And that's kind of how I built that relationship to be able to get into uh, social from a more professional standpoint. So it's funny because I was really, just going to ask you that about getting into a big brand and, and you know best ways to do it. And it sounds like you've already answered the question, which is really being present online, c- interacting with influencers, and being connected, using it to network. Absolutely, and, and doing it authentically. I think that's that's key. Um, it, it's it's definitely challenging because I find on social media there's a lot of people that might not know how to use it right, and they're kind of you know a, a bull in a china shop going on and just saying, okay, I would love a job, you know, I would love this. You really have to be able to, you know, authentically connect with people and be able to give right. and take. Right. Because it's not just what you want, what you're on there for. It's what you can give as well. Absolutely. I love it. Well, Kate, we've had a really good talk about you. And now we're going to ask you to weigh in on a couple of things with our newest segment for season two. You're the first to do this ever. I hope you're I'm really so excited. excited. I am <laughs> <Yes>! so thrilled. <laughs> okay. So this segment is called likable, lovable, loathable. Okay. Loathable, Ooh. the non-word, which we made up. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I like so it. I like we're going to name. Good. I'm glad. We're going to name something that ha- is happening on the internet. And you're going to tell us if it's likable, if it's lovable, or if it's loathable. 
Okay. And you can okay. give a you can give a description as to why if you'd like, but really okay. all we need is likable, lovable, or loathable. Are you Got ready? It. I am ready. Okay. Number one, grumpy cat. Likeable. Yes. He used to be lovable, but I think there's been oversaturation. So likeable. He's a little overexposed. A little bit, but I, I really bit. did love him. But he's of course, you gotta love it. Go back to lovable. Yep. Oh, close. So teetering on the lovable front. Yeah. Okay. Erasable media like Snapchat disappearing. Loathable. Loathable. I don't like How it. Come? I think it's the mom and me. These mm-hmm. kids are sending out God knows what and thinking it disappears forever, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. So I am loathable on this one. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Selfie sticks. Ooh, this one's challenging. <laughs> <laughs> this one, I have jumped from every single, you know, option here. Okay. So at first I was loathable. Then I was kind of getting a little likable because I saw a hilarious friend showing up on Facebook saying, I've got a selfie stick and using it. And now I've actually seen the result of the selfie stick in amazing situations, creating amazing pictures. Mm. So, and I've actually told my fiance I kind of secretly want one. I've been forbidden to buy one, but I kind (laughs) of love it within using it only during certain situations, but I can only imagine it looks really ridiculous. So, yes, I don't know. I'm... I'm kind of all across. I think I'm going back and forth, back and forth on that one. Oh, no, Kate. You have to commit. Likeable, lovable, okay, loathable. Okay. okay. Um, lovable. Oh, you took a stand. I, I like know. it. I might, I might change my mind tomorrow, but that's it today. <laughs> By the time it airs, we'll check back in with you. Yes. Okay. Let me know. And here we go. The word. Okay. Fine. This is the final one. The yep. word. Viral. Loathable. Loathable. Totally loathable. I totally agree, Kate. We are we are loathable viral word twins. Loathable. Good. Because I I can't tell you how many times people have asked me to make something viral. Make it viral. And uh can yeah, this needs to go viral. I want you to make this viral. And unfortunately, well, I cannot. The only thing no. I can make viral is, you know, myself by getting myself sick. Um, exactly. I, I cannot make any content go viral. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. that's a big loathable. Well, Kate, I really hope that this podcast goes totally viral from our combined <laughs> hatred of the word. And I want to thank you for being on the show today. You were a fabulous guest thank and an you. amazing way to kick off season two. Yes. And where should people follow you? Uh, Kate Dickin on Twitter. Great having you on the show, and uh, hopefully I'll see you soon. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerfin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com. This podcast was brought to you by Likeable Media. At Likeable Media, we create, curate, and promote content that gets your brand results. Visit likeable.com for more information today.